Hey guys, this is Ronnie. Just a reminder, these are old episodes, and if you want to check out what we are currently doing, all you have to do is go to the Rebooted channel on YouTube, and you can see our sweet faces talking about this stuff. And announcing a new podcast with Ed Greer, Ron Swallow, and producer Bill called The Greatest Pod. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. In addition, if you want to support us monetarily, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash thegreatestpod, and you can sign up for the $5 tier that gets you extra podcasts, or sign up for the $7 tier that gets you the extra podcasts and art sent directly to your house. We've got a new Tee Public store for you to get all of the cool shirts that you could possibly want. The Mumbo Gumbo, the Pop Art Reboot Crew, the Classic Logo, and then, of course, the Rebooted Drinking Game, which has Jensen Ackles and DJ Qualls, among other fan-favorite comments. So, do yourself a favor. Go to tpublic.com slash user slash reboot dash it and pick up your favorite t-shirt. So, thanks for listening and thanks for supporting Reboot It. Fired from Subbasement D of a major motion picture studio. The development executives must go to the last places in Hollywood with money. Now streaming, Reboot It! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Prime Universe, where for the first time in season four, I get to do a proper introduction. This is Rebooted, the show for the golden age of IP entertainment, where all of your favorite franchises will get big budget Hollywood reboots. It's not a question of if, it's barely a question of when, because I can tell you they're all happening right now. And we, the Reboot crew, are here to tell them how to do it better than anybody else in town. I am producer Bill. With me, as usual, the crew. We've got Billy Business. Tweeting right now that this is going live because I forgot to do that before the show started. That's how live this is. Get that tweet out. Below Billy Business, we've got Ron Swallow. What's up, guys? So excited to be here. Not tweeting right now. <laughs> and finally, you know him. You love him. Ed Greer. I am here. Uh, don't ask anything <laughs> to inane. <laughs> Ed is just, Ed could not be less excited. No, okay. We're all very <laughs> excited. This is what is becoming our traditional mid-season break, our AMA, our chance uh, to answer anything you might want to throw at us within reason. And uh, guys, just first of all, how do we think that season four is going so far? Uh, dare I say, I don't, I don't know if I want to jinx it halfway through, but I think this is the best season we've done hands down. This was the, uh, this is, this is the shot in the arm. I feel like at least I needed to, to keep, to keep going. Cause every episode so far for me has been a banger. Like there hasn't been one that I wouldn't put up there as some of our best stuff. Love that. Ed, what are you thinking? I mean, uh, I echo uh, Billy's sentiments. I think this year we're passing the ball really good. You know, I can't describe us without doing basketball metaphors. Uh, We're passing the ball really well, and we seem to have an offensive system this year. I think last year we were playing some hero ball. 
I think I think sometimes when you dribble it for 20 seconds, try to shake somebody and throw up a crappy shot. I think that happened a couple times last year. I, I think uh, we didn't do the, We didn't make the most of each possession with the ball last year. But this year, I mean, the ball's whipping around. People are hitting corner threes. We're spreading the court. People are getting dunks. You know what I mean? People are doing back, backdoor cuts from each other. We're passing the ball so great this year, and uh, I'm really happy with this with the uh, with the program. Love that, and I agree. I think that we all have a little bit of pep in our step. Ron, what are you thinking? How are you feeling about season four so far? Oh, me? I think oh, we are hitting misty flips and faking kind <laughs> grinds <laughs> into top souls. I mean, we're we're just we're just hitting all the tricks. Uh, no, we're having a great season. It's fun. I'm enjoying everything we're doing. It's it's. Uh, I think it helps that we're starting to see some light at the end of the pandemic tunnel. I think all of us are starting to relax a little bit more, knowing that we might actually be able to see each other and see people in general. I think that's a, a huge part of what's happening. I think that's true. I mean, I think we all are in a pretty good place right now. Um, and, you know, we're looking forward to things continuing to get better. And uh, certainly this has been an interesting time because as, uh, you know, I think movie theaters and TV networks have sort of, just been coming back to life we've been pretty sustained by our ability to dive into these franchises on a creative level and be like hey if they're not doing it let's do it this way um so we're glad that you guys have responded our numbers continue to go up we're happy about that and let's get into it you guys are asking a lot of questions we got a lot of questions before we even got on the air we're probably not going to be able to get to all of them but we will try to speed round this thing out um let's start I believe it was Doombat uh, from a while back. Didn't even ask a question. I just wanted to point out Doombat223 says, first time being able to catch the guys live. Discovered this series a few weeks ago and have been hooked since. Yeah, please tell us all that. We'd rather hear that than answer your questions, frankly. So Doombat, <laughs> you're a gentleman and a scholar or a gentlewoman and a scholar. We don't know. Either way, we love having you. Please stay hooked. All right, let's get into it. What are we going to start with here? I, I definitely want to answer this one, or I go, want, go, actually go. no, I want to hear you guys answer this one. Mm. Ooh, who is the tough guy of the group from <laughs> from our great fan, the Doomer, who's been with us for several seasons now? My biggest very fan, active. by the yes. way. The Doomer <laughs> never given Billy a hard time. <laughs> we love that gimmick. The Doomer never change. Uh, <laughs> never keep doing you. <laughs> So uh, I would say the tough guy of the group, um, I can I say me? I think it's me. <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I, I, I also think it's you, Bill. I think Ed on the outside has the toughest exterior, but probably is maybe the sweetest out of four of us. I know you would think it's Ron, but I think it might be Ed. I think you are like the easiest just like, yeah, fuck them. It is what it is. I don't care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I also it depends on what you're defining as tough, right? Like, what do you mean tough about like creativity? Uh, yeah, I, it's I think Bill. they mean. I, th I think they mean uh, tough on crime. <laughs> that's, I think that's they mean tough they mean. on crime. It's definitely not me. I have probably committed the most crimes out of this in this group. I think that's true. That's I mean, true. if we go by that metric, then Ron is the tough guy. <laughs> 
wait, wait, wait. It wasn't who has most street cred. It was who is the, t- <laughs> <laughs> who's the toughest. Who's who's lived on the street the most? Uh... Well, dude, well, and the, the wild thing is, I would bet on Bill just almost sheer reach advantage. People don't get that Bill's like six four. So yeah. like re- reach six advantage. Five. Six five, please. Okay, don't, okay, don't okay. Show me that inch. I forgot you were eating your Wheaties. So uh six five, good reach. And even if he couldn't fight, he could like lay on you a bunch. Whereas I can't lay on you for more than three seconds. I'd be too tired from laying down. <laughs> so so you know what I mean? If I if I had to just put money on the reboot crew in a fight, I definitely would put Bill up as a tank up front. I'd be in the rear with the gear, Ed Greer. Yeah, guys, I I I don't know. I'm I'm six foot five, two hundred and thirty pounds, former college athlete. Uh I, I'm I could probably take most of most people in a fight unless you're coming in with some of that crazy Brazilian jujitsu shit that uh, that's a whole other level. <laughs> Look, I've only I've only studied Jeet Kune Do. I have not studied Brazilian jujitsu. So, you know, and I don't like uh, punching people. It's not fun. If you've ever been in a fight, you should not do that. Everyone should just be nice to each other. It's way easier than getting punched in the face. Let me uh, just put a little bit of nuance to that. Very fun to win fights, not yes. fun to get punched in the <laughs> yes. face. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving on. I do want to acknowledge we got a bunch of good questions uh, via our social media platforms, via the community tab. Let me just make a quick pitch. If you guys are a fan of the show and you're not following along on our community tab, which I believe you have to be subscribed to do, so you know, make of that what you will. Um, Every week, we are putting crazy teases and sort of keeping a conversation going in that community tab. So please get in there and be active. Uh, if I could go there real quick, I just want to answer this one out of a personal need. Um, Steven asks, Producer Bill, now that your brother is retired, are you still a Colts fan? Also, what sports or what teams are you guys all fans of? Um Steven, that's a weirdly complicated answer. I mean, I guess I, one of the one of the things that I've sort of come to terms with over 10 years of having a sibling who is a professional athlete is just the raw, naked, gross business of professional sports. And so it's very hard for me to identify as like a fan of any team because I've seen too much of how the sausage is made, which is not to say that like, you know, there's horrible shit happening that we shouldn't talk about um it's more just like uh this is just cutthroat business right like this whole home team pride stuff i'm just 100 past that point in my life um that said i will always have a soft spot for the bears bulls and cubs because i grew up with them but i can't say like i'm a fan and everything that comes with that for the colts I love the Colts. They've been very good to our family. Had a lot of good times going to Colts games and, and enjoying time with the Colts. So, yeah, I love. I can't say anything bad about the Colts. Just personally, I don't know. I have a weird relationship with sports fandom. How about you guys? Sports fans? I, I used to be a crazy 49ers fan. Like, when I was a kid, I got in a fight with a dude who wanted to fight me because he was a Raiders fan. And I had a 49ers jacket on. And I was like, let's do this. I was eight or 10 or something. So don't, 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 don't judge me guys. But now I don't care at all. Uh, I watch rollerblading and uh, I'm a real fan of Brian Aragon. If you haven't seen any of his videos, look him up. He does the most insane shit I've ever seen. And Chris Haffey. So rollerblading, I still enjoy watching, but I wouldn't say I'm even like, 
Like I don't, I wouldn't root for anybody in competition. I just enjoy watching it. So is that on know. TV? They show rollerblading. It's like on ESPN, the Ocho or something. The Ocho. Um, they <laughs> they show it sometimes now because it got popular again during the pandemic. I don't know what happened, but suddenly it got super popular again during the pandemic. Everything so. '90s is back in, in yeah. full force. It's crazy. I mean, uh, rollerblading is awesome, yeah. and that they took it off air is uh, very annoying to me, and also ruined rollerblading. But you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm an Angels fan. I'm a baseball guy. Uh, my team sucks, but you've probably seen me. I wear Angels stuff all the time. Although someone thought that I voted for Trump because they saw me walking around in a red hat. And so oh. I kind of ditched. <laughs> I ditched the hat for a little. I do have an angel. I have a Navy blue Angels hat that I think still has to. I have to wear that for another year. But other than that. Well, then you could get uh, shot up by the Bloods. So there you go. <laughs> you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. Uh, I am, um, uh, as a kid, I was a Kansas City Chiefs fan because I come from Kansas City. Uh, and we were so relentlessly mediocre. It suited my contrarianism to like them. Uh, and then we won the Super Bowl. And all of a sudden, everybody hates the Chiefs. It's like, wait, we won Super Bowl out of one, one time out of 55 years. Now we're the bad guy. Now we're the Rebels. We're the rebels, you know what I mean? So, like, I, I kind of, but like, their iconography is problematic, and like, some of the ways that you know, I, I some of the attitudes they've had towards players who choose to do certain demonstrations and stuff. The Chiefs uh, notoriously booed equality, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the fans booed the word equality on national television, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh it's a little hard to be like, woo, I really love this problematic <laughs> terribleness, you know. But see, uh, yeah. all I'll say is there's a little <laughs> bit too much of that in all sports fandom. And yep. It, yep. it just makes you a little like, Ugh. Well, hey, it's, you know, it's like, yeah. look, look, hey, run and jump. What's that? Shut up and dribble jazz. Uh, and and uh, I do like the Lakers. And before anybody does all that crap, when I was a kid, they were awful. It was right after the Magic Johnson crap. And before the Kobe stuff. So in that middle was this fallow period where they were super garbage, but they were interesting. And they had players on it that I liked. And out of nowhere, they got to be this super great team when Kobe and Shaq came in. And all of a sudden, I'm a front rider again. I'm the villain again. I like the underdog team. Now I like an overdog team. So, like, don't box me in, babies. I like uh, I more or less like the Chiefs. I really like the Lakers. I actually am a Lakers fan. And I, I love it. That we get all the best players and stuff. It's my one, my one vice. I like a team that's actually good and tries hard all the time. Sue me. You're <laughs> terrible for that, Ed. What a horrible human being. <laughs> uh, Billy, do you want to throw something up from the chat? I, we, we've got so many questions coming in, I can't even keep track. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, this one, you know, just because we were talking about the 90s. Uh, let's go with this for right now. Jorge L. Nina Espinoza. Hey, guys, when will you pitch something Nickelodeon related? Presumably something robot related. Why would you presume such a thing? Yeah, I, like, I, I don't even know if I can think of a robot Nickelodeon. I mean, the thing, only but... thing I can think of on Nickelodeon is uh, Truth or Dare. So we're going to reboot. Double Dare? Double, double Dare. dare. Double <laughs> Truth or Dare on Nickelodeon? <laughs> <laughs> Ron, Ron is also Ron is also just showing his age there. The only Nickelodeon thing old, I can think of it literally, literally a exist. first generation Nickelodeon show. It, that it is exist. To answer the question, like, look, I obviously I was at the right age at the right time for Doug and Rugrats and Hey Dude and 
double dare uh and wild and crazy kids and stuff i don't know if there's anything that i would necessarily like right now like i i think people have to understand like i have like two or three projects every season that i'm like i'm gonna get ed to agree to do this by the end <laughs> and i don't know if uh if there's anything that i would necessarily push really hard maybe like if we ever do like let's do a kids tv show which is like season 15 of the show maybe like salute your shorts or i think they just did are you afraid of the dark but we could probably do something cool with that one too yeah. mm. my friend cooper barnes was uh in henry danger he was captain man uh so i don't know i don't know which yeah. one that one is that was must have been after my time it is it's but just recent it actually just ended and he's cool cool guy his wife is awesome as well, comedian. Uh, but they're like, you know, that's the or only show that cases. I know a little bit about. Did you oh, guys watch Space, space Cases? cases? That no. was like Star Trek for for eight year olds. Okay, well, there, there you go. That's that. the one. There it is. That's, yeah. that's, that's the one, one that I would Ed's do. All in. No, all in. I'm super all in because uh, I mean they have a Voyager sort of spinoff. It isn't really, but like Captain Janeway is a holographic captain that helps these alien kids on this spaceship do their tasks and learn stuff. And it's like, it's all going to be on Nickelodeon. It's, it's an official Star Trek show starring Captain Janeway and some kids. I forgot what it's called, but I'm going to write a spec Ooh. for that. As soon as I see it and get how the, all the character dynamics go, I'm going to write a spec for that and try to get staffed in that room, bro. That's, that's like a dream. But well, Black's got a good question. Oh, I, hold on. Before we move on, I want to say Crimson Knight 700 coming in. The Adventures of Pete and Pete would be a great reboot. I just want to give a shout out. What a great reference. The Adventures of Pete and Pete was like Twin Peaks for eight-year-olds. Yeah. That stuff yeah. was nuts. And I loved it. Um, I agree. I, kind of tangential. I think I've seen this a couple times come up in chats, but people keep asking if we're going to do an Avatar The Last Airbender reboot, uh, specifically because, number one, people love that cartoon. And number two, because those people were so angry at the movie, it seems like an obvious choice. All I'll say, I haven't watched a single episode of that show. Um, I'm sort of turned off by the intensity of the fandom to begin with. So I don't know. Any other takers on a Avatar Last Airbender reboot? Well, look, I, I think that is one of the problems is because what, what Airbender fans want is for you to make the cartoon into a TV show and, or a movie. And that's not what we do here. So you would be unhappy with whatever we did as well, is my guess. Like, I, I not to... I think it's the same thing with the fan base there. I've seen uh, many of those episodes. I love that that cartoon. It's fantastic. And uh, while there is room for it to be rebooted uh, as a good movie, uh, I think you, the fanboys would and fan ladies would not be happy with it. Uh, It'd be Twilight uh, all over again. Yeah, I'll, I'll only say one thing. Stuff like that has too much lore. It's just like trying to make a Dragon Ball movie. If you gave somebody $800 million, you couldn't do the Dragon Ball Z movie that these people have in their head. It's not worth it. It's not. Yeah. I mean, look, all that aside, at some point, we're going to be like, God, what can we do for an episode? We need something that clicks. We will eventually do Dragon Ball. We will eventually do Avatar. It might be uh, yeah. down, down, down the road when we're... I can't wait to do Dragon Ball Z. Are you kidding me? Let's do it. There's, dude, there's so much Dragon Ball. I had no idea. I've, and I've watched we did every some Screen Junkies project one time, and I went so far down the rabbit hole, I needed someone to pull me back up. <laughs> I've seen I've seen every single uh, Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Super. I've also I feel read like you would have to watch, like, 
eight episodes every single day for like 12 solid years of your life to have seen every episode. <laughs> it's, it's like a full-time job. It's 292 episodes for the Dragon Ball Z. But there's like many Dragon Balls that are in the air. There's it's yeah. <laughs> more than just the Z. Yeah, I, I will agree with that. The thing about Dragon Ball that I know I would do coming in that everybody would hate me for would be like, I can't watch or follow any of this. Let's throw it all out and get down to first <laughs> principles. Like, what's good about this that we can reinvent? That what is mean, Vegeta's honestly, central wound? Let's start. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the problem with Dragon Ball Z is it's it's a fighting movie, and it, that's all it is. I mean, really, it's a fun show where people get punched through mountains. So if you really want to do it right, it's just making sure that the fight scenes look amazing and that it's basically on the plot and it's just guys getting blowing things up with their hands and punching each other through mountains. Like it's, it's a spectacle. And if you don't treat it as a spectacle, it won't be fun for anybody, mm. frankly. Like it just needs to be a fighting movie. That's Fair all enough. Goku wants to do anyways, really, when it comes down to it. So. Ron, I got to stop you because I know you'll go on for 30 minutes about Goku. I, I will. So I will. We're going to we'll, we'll answer move some on. questions. I'm going to pop over to uh, this came from Billy's Twitter, social media, also popping off with questions. Uh, and this relates to something I did just see come up in the live chat. So maybe we'll kill two birds with one stone. Um, Sean asks, are you and Ed going to do any more commentaries slash slash watch alongs like you did with Batman Forever on Hot Takes? Uh, the answer is yes. Ed doesn't know that yet, uh, but <laughs> I did warn him I would ask him to do something he didn't want to do. Um, you did. It, it, it is a watch along, and it is a movie he doesn't want to watch. And so, yeah, before the season <laughs> ends, uh, that will happen because Ed just promised you right here, right now, that he would do it. <laughs> On hot takes. That's awesome. On hot takes. Yeah, dude. I, 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 I how? Why don't you go? Thank to you, B. dude. Bar uh, thank you so much. Uh, uh, I'm so. I'm always glad getting that... ba Baracast. <laughs> this sucks. Don't drink no, the milk. But, Ed. Don't drink the milk. <laughs> but yeah, no. I, I uh, you know. I, Hanging out with Billy is always a good time, and even when it's terrible, it's a good time. He he, he knows how he knows how to uh, uh, he knows how to push my buttons. So I'm I'm anxious to see what he's got on deck. More watch alongs. Those are easy to do. Those are those are a lot easier to do because you don't have to edit them. We just watch the movie and talk. Well, and and the fun the funny part is, I mean, there's no end to the watch alongs we can do. Me and Bill talked about for the greatest pod Patreon doing a uh, uh, Blade watch along. Blade. Cause we love yeah. us some blade. Like me and Bill yeah. like love blade. We're like, yeah, honestly, I, I think like that. even once the hot takes is over, I could still see even with like, you know, the four of us or me and Bill or me and Ron, whoever doing more watch alongs because mm -hmm. it is so low lift that I don't necessarily like, I do want to do one more because I think fans of my show will appreciate that. That's what I'm doing for this. But in general, like, even though my show's ending, that is still something that's like, if people wanted to see it, like watch alongs, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to do. And yeah, they're kind of fun. All right. Uh, going back to the questions in the chat. Oh man, I don't have one picked out. What do we got? What's happening? Here, I got chat? one. I got one. Cause do it oh, for us. Boy. Oh, I was going to, that's literally what I was about to pick. Wow, uh, Renegade Hero, you don't know how much we've discussed this behind the scenes. <laughs> yes. Can we get a reboot of the King Arthur story and have it be good? That is a big ask. Please and thank you, he says. Guys, there's two properties that we have said, like, <laughs> nope, they've done it enough. 
Robin Peter Hood. Pan and King Arthur. That's and just think- like, I've got nothing left. You've shot your wad on everything that there is to do, which means we'll probably have to do it at some point. Yeah. Right. But, and, I, and, and but I don't like- want to. Like what Ron was saying, uh, I would add, I, I would add Robin Hood on, yeah, on that pile. Robin Hood, yes. Robin Hood in space in the year five billion would seem rote and predictable and crappy. Well, you would to have to just write point. Robin Hood, but not call it Robin Hood. I mean, if you did it right, you're making Robin. Well, that's Hood. not the task. Oh, but then that's we end up the with the Twilight episode. Is this yeah. even Twilight anymore? Is, Is this, this even Robin Hood? Robin Hood? <laughs> yep. Dude, I, yeah. Dude, l- let me tell. Let me tell you a true story. I when I. A couple of years ago when I was working in development, uh, I had a guy come in. He pitched a, a, a TV show of Robin Hood that was like supernatural Robin Hood for HBO Max, right? Robin Hood is fighting vampires, werewolves, all this stuff that's like taking over medieval England. So it's a he's got a two-front war, right? It's like the church is, co- is trying to catch him because he's a criminal, but also the church is trying to cover up some weird supernatural stuff. It was a really interesting pitch, and we're like, no. There's no way in hell you can sell this. There's no way in hell an audience shows up for this. Slapping the name Robin Hood on it, it hurts this pitch. Like this is <laughs> yep. this is better as a Van Helsing reboot than it is as a Robin Hood pitch. Mm-hmm. You don't understand how exhausted people are of these old English fairy tales that have literally been around since before our grandparents were born. In multimedia, people have been trying to exploit these things since the beginning of publishing, since the beginning of Hollywood, since the beginning of television. Like, there's a certain subset of these properties that are in the public domain that have just been run into the ground. I don't even understand why you would want to see a reboot. Like, I don't, I don't mean to come I, down hard, but why do you want to see that reboot? I will, I will say this: if if you really want to do King Arthur, do Marion Zimmer Bradley's books from the female point of view. Uh, and and turn those into movies. I'm down with that. I'll watch that. But I don't want to see another King Arthur movie. Like I just don't want to see it. Uh, la- la- Lady Lady Guinevere's Lover. I want to see that. It's like a, just a soft core <laughs> no, rom for Cinemax. And then <laughs> okay. there comes a, a, a breakable sword. Comes in I know you don't like to read books, <laughs> but that is not what Marion Zimmer Bradley. I, I didn't. About. I okay. didn't say that. I'm saying what what we're gonna would be made into as a. Can movie. we can we make it like a an urban thing like Robin the Hood and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> it's like Spike Lee's do the right thing. Okay. <laughs> He's stealing that, that's, from cops. That, that's uh, already that, that's already a development hell. that's sitting along with a boom box with no batteries because that's that's no that's no go here at anywhere studios Uh, (laughs) but no i I think just one last thing camelot 3000 is the closest thing i would do to arthurian legend and i don't even know about that i just like the brian bolden covers of the comic book it's basically in the like the year 3000 literally they find excalibur and it means something to people who are already spacefaring and different stuff is happening i'm just okay fine i would i would watch that I would watch somebody adapt that. I don't think I would take the task on, but I would watch somebody do that. That's about it as far as King Arthur. Somebody Got says, people are saying they're hyped for Green Knight. I haven't seen anything on that. Have you guys seen anything on Green Knight? Is the that trailer looks Patel? cool. Yeah. 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 Trailer, that, sto- cool. that story yeah. has always been more interesting than most of the Arthurian legend, though. So that wouldn't surprise me if that, if that worked. And it wouldn't surprise me if it failed either. Not artistically or anything, but like box office wise. Yeah, Andrew has a good point that anything King Arthur needs to be in the universe but not focused on him. I think you I think you're probably right. Like I probably wouldn't mind seeing watching some other or coming up with some other uh Arthurian timeline story. Like I enjoyed the Merlin show, but of course that's every show that I enjoy, you know. 
magic superpowers solving a problem yay every episode yeah it's it's pretty niche i will come back to it it's not the end of the discussion i do want to uh pick out from the chat rafael de la ghetto asks what are hey guys don't know if it's been addressed but what happened to the nerd goat podcast feed i got to it late started it last year during the pandemic now i can't listen to any episodes i miss it well we have a convenient answer to that we are starting our own podcast it is called the greatest pod Presently, we have an, an episode with Mark and Draco, uh, Eisner Award-winning uh, author. We also have Kevin Hearn next uh, on the 31st. We're going to drop an episode with Kevin Hearn, who wrote Star Wars novels. Uh, Ron got that guess for us. So uh, we he wrote the that- Iron Druid Chronicles as well, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Best-selling author. Get it together. <laughs> Hey, that's your part of the knowledge. I know him because he just, he decided to make uh, Luke try uh, telekinesis with cool. chopsticks. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I know him. So yeah, but yeah, but no, he's a great author. We have uh, we have Daniel Krauss who wrote uh, The Shape of Water with Guillermo del Toro to like win Oscars and stuff. We have best selling authors. We also have us, uh, uh, yourself, myself, and producer Bill uh, having introspective conversations. Like, is Todd McFarlane the best comic book creator of the '90s? We have all sorts of conversations that are coming. So it's alive and well. It's alive yeah. and well. Yeah, we're basically taking a concept of our old podcast, but expanding it so that we can talk about a lot more stuff. So, for instance, you know, like the greatest can mean a lot of things. Like, can it, is it uh, the greatest entree into comic books or into nerddom in general? Uh, we had Danielle Radford come on and talk about the X Men cartoon as the way that she got into loving all the stuff that she loves. Uh, so, you know, things like that, it allows us uh, to expand our ideas and conversations to encapsulate a way bigger subject matter. So I'm pretty, pretty excited. It's called The Greatest Pod. And as usual, you can go on our Patreon as well, uh, patreon.com slash The Greatest Pod and get extra pods and art from Ed and I. And the links are in the description right down there. You could, you, If you want to be an early adopter, you want to get down with it right down there. You can get on Apple Podcasts. You can also find our Podbean uh, that, where you can just sort of listen to the show on that weird player. There's so many ways to consume this. Apple Podcasts, yeah. Stitcher, uh, Spotify. We are on all of those things. Yeah, yeah and this, this kind of dovetails with a question that somebody asked earlier in the chat, which was how did we all meet, which I think we should get into, but... For myself, Ed and Ron, I first met Ed and Ron when I was working at a production company and we were trying to create a whole podcast division. And Ed and Ron were talent that a partner of mine brought in. Um, he, was a, he was a casting director and he knew Ron from, I think Ron, a, uh, some sort of stand-up competition that he judged, if I'm not mistaken. That's and when he first so, saw me, yeah. Yeah, so so Ron and Ed came into the company, and collectively we all created NerdGoat together, but it was technically owned by that company. And so when they started stopping down production on the podcasts, um, you know, it was sort of a question of like, well, if you guys want to keep doing NerdGoat, you could do it on your own, but we're going to own it. And I left the company, and Ron and Ed were just like, well, that doesn't seem like a good thing that we're going to be running our entire own show and splitting ownership with somebody and so uh yeah the old podcast had to go away for that reason i think it's i think we discussed that a little bit before but not a not an uncommon story in hollywood but it's just one of those weird things about ip ownership um that you know people don't really think about um but in terms of how we all met that's 
I, I then ended up meeting Billy while we were recording Nerd Goat because Ed had asked him on uh, to be a guest on Nerd Goat. So that covers how I met all three of these guys. But you guys have probably have more interesting stories. So go for it. <laughs> well, well, Ed I, and I, I, think I it's weird. yeah, you and I have known each other for super ever. Uh, yeah, we met comedy. at open mics, like doing comedy, telling telling dick jokes to the universe. <laughs> Yeah, we were staring at a bay window of a starship talking about cosmic <laughs> dust. Uh, but yeah, overall, uh, we just became fast friends because honestly, uh, Ron's one of the people in comedy that I could actually, he's just an honest person and there isn't really any artifice to Ron. So that that was like, wow, in a sea of all this super fakeness and everybody's on all the time and uh, like Ron is just a real genuine dude. And uh, I guess that can come off to people who are just too cool for school as like, I don't know, some sort of like, oh, he's a simple guy. He's not a simple guy. He's an honest guy. You don't have to cut through a bunch of layers of crap to get to what he's thinking. And people aren't used to that. So I thought it was great. It reminded me of some of my friends from back home. So like we, we became fast friends there and uh, it just expanded. And then one day he says, uh, hey, this guy's going to put me on you know, uh, on this podcast thing. You, know, you want to brainstorm some ideas of what we're going to do. And Nerd Goat was literally the last thing we wrote on like a napkin on our way in to meet Bill. <laughs> and we went through all these other pitches that would take money and would have to have us travel and do all this stuff. We had all types of crazy giant ideas. And the, the best one was that last thing. Who's your favorite? I think it was called. Meaning who's your favorite comic book character? Who's your favorite fictional character? And uh, Bill was like, ah, that isn't really catchy. Who's your favorite? What? What the hell is that? With his business mind, you know. Uh, apologies to Billy business. So, uh, and then he, t- he, he comes, <laughs> he helps us come up with nerd goat. He comes up with nerd goat. We, we say that's a dope ass idea. Bill drew our logo. So like Bill's been super down above and beyond what he was supposed to be doing at the production company. You know what I'm saying? He became more of like a partner and had more of a, he connected with our vision as it were. He kind of liked what we were doing and felt he could make it better. So that's how we became fast friends uh, Ron, myself and Bill. Yeah. And then I just I, like Ed. Oh, go ahead, Ron. I was gonna say I just like Ed because he's uh funny and um he doesn't put up with anybody's bullshit. Um and also uh same type of thing that Billy Business mentioned. He's actually really kind. He's like a good person. He seems like a guy who's all rough and tumble and angry all the time, but he's like super loving and uh and, and the kind of guy who's loyal to you to you a hundred percent when uh, he knows you are like real friends. So that's why. And then I knew Ed, man, almost 10 years now. Uh, we met through a mutual friend. I was doing a podcast at the time and it was like, we were talking about the dark night or something like that. And then we've, we've had run-ins every now and then. I think you did stand up at like a wizard world show when I was working mm-hmm. there and it was really random and, yeah, you knew Joe Star and started coming to SJU. We started hanging out, and then I came on your podcast. That's where I met Ron and, and Bill, and then and I don't even remember how we started hooking up, but we did, and the rest is history. It sounds like the the, the pitch for, for, for Nerd Goat was about the same process as the pitch for Reboot It, which was bang your head against a wall for four hours and then just take the one on the napkin at the last minute. And that's going to work. And here we, and here we are four seasons later, plus, plus the after show. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I want to pop back over to the chat. Andrew Peters, who is a great kind of new supporter of ours, but is the guy who's been doing um, all the fan art that we've been yeah. seeing, you know, as we're doing the rewinds. Andrew Peters asks, can you discuss how we can be more involved in the community, i.e. Patreon or however? Um just to clarify, when we're talking about Patreon, Ed and Ron run the Greatest Pod Patreon, which is more about the podcast that we're doing separately. There's robust content there, and we are certainly interactive. Um, but in terms of the rebooted community, you know, like I said, the community tab is a place where we're constantly keeping people updated. We started the rewinds because we wanted a place where we could respond to comments and get people's real-time reactions. One of the things that we've discussed a lot and we're not quite sure how to implement is like, where do we grow it from there? You know, we've talked about we don't want to sort of create and manage our own subreddit. That feels a little weird. We you know, we've talked before about discord, but none of us really use discord. Um, So I I guess it's an open question. If you want to sound off in the comments right now, like, please feel free to give us a suggestion of how we could expand. Uh, I'll give you guys a chance to sort of weigh in with, you know, our more of our thoughts. But for me, I, I'd like to see the community expand. I just don't know what the most effective way to do it is. Well, I think that uh, keeping commenting, doing stuff like this is a big deal. Like commenting on all of the videos really helps us out. So if nothing else, it gets us to a point where we can like actually take time to do some of that stuff. All of us are like hustling to stay alive at the same time that we're doing this stuff. So I think it like hard for us to get as involved in the community as we would like to, I would, I would argue because like, you know, we're just doing a lot of stuff. Um, but uh, definitely get in the comment section. If you guys want to make a discord or a Reddit, uh, I will definitely go in there and, you know, try to comment and, and stay a little bit active from time to time. I'll add it into the phone and like, you know, go check once a day and check in. Uh, I always love that of- stuff. This is kind of fun. You know, we were just talking about the the watch alongs. It could be fun to, I know, not oh. always, but sometimes we like, and I remember for when, before we did Zorro, Ed and I were texting each other while we were watching Mask of Zorro. We're like, damn, I wish this was our reboot, but it could be fun to do that kind of prep work with you guys before we go into it because in, in, in some ways it keeps us really honest because it's like, all right, we all watched what happened before. So now you guys are also aware, like, we can't do that again. That could be kind of fun. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I think mm-hmm. I think that's the name of the game. Like, we're more than happy to, you know, do things that are a little bit um, easy to produce, you know, without sounding too Pollyanna about it. Stuff that, you know, we can sort of knock off in one session, like a watch along. More than happy to throw that content at you guys. It's something we should discuss for sure behind the scenes. Um, and Suze has mentioned uh, maybe possibly bringing back uh, the viewer's choice episode again, uh, like we did uh, last season. Last season, we did Jurassic Park, and it turned into uh, one of the coolest episodes I think we've ever done, Jurassic Park slash Waterworld. Uh, so that would be a lot of fun as well. I'm sure we'll do that either at some point this season, if not next season, because that yeah. was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to pop back over to uh, the community tab now that we're talking about it. Um, Silent Tom asks, what was the inspiration for changing up the formula for this season? Which I think could be kind of an interesting jumping off point for just, you know, our thoughts on the show and where it might be going. So, guys, what was the inspiration for changing up the formula for season four of Rebooted? 
other than the fact that John Peters fired our asses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think after after John Peters, after we accepted that John Peters had fired our asses to be behind the scenes and kayfabe at the same time, after we accepted that that was the status quo, we started thinking, what else is there then? Are we just going to get with another producer that we're going to make fun of for a whole season or, or whatnot? But then uh, as we got put out on our ass and we had to go out and get jobs, so that would that would entail a different person each week. Mm-hmm. I, I'll just say one of the things that appealed to, to me about it is that it, it sort of reflects the time we're living in. I think we all got really anxious with the pandemic and see, you know, throughout season three, we were all going through some really intense personal stuff. And it was just weird how the show did not reflect that at all. And so I think that we all kind of got frustrated by trying to balance, you know, our anxieties and craziness around the pandemic with doing the show. And there was sort of a, there was an agreement among us that like, we need to we need to freshen this up a little bit or else we're all just going to kind of keep getting more and more resentful of having to do the show among dealing with this weird slow motion end of the world. And so as we started talking about it, it evolved into something that was like, hey, you know what? This is a little bit more reflective of the world and the situation that we're in. A lot of people are in this place of like, okay, my life has been upended and I'm not really sure what it's going to look like going forward. And I think it only made sense that the show itself reflected that. And so this idea of like, we have been fired, Hollywood is totally different than it was 12 months ago. How do we make our way forward into it? That's a little bit more real than I think we'd even like to let on. And so being able to channel some of that into doing the show, I think has been cathartic for all of us. Also, yeah. uh, just one quick thing. If Billy's having fun, we're having fun. I think that's the weird... just me. No, no, I think I think that's it. Because you know me, I can have fun doing the accounting. I can I have fun being a line producer on a big movie. Just oh, we, we spent this much on this and look at graphs. I'm really serious about us being able to make these a viable product. Ron is is wants to have fun. Bill thinks like me. He wants to make sure it's an actual viable product every second, all but down to the letter, down to every last bolt in the fuselage. And you kind of want to have fun. You want to do all that other stuff, but not at the expense of fun. Whereas I'm totally willing to throw fun into the damn sun. I don't care. I want to get it done. So like when you're having fun, we're approaching it properly for my taste, my present taste. Last year, I wouldn't have agreed with this. Last year, I was like, you can take some fun. I stuck it up your ass. I don't care about all this goddamn fun. But now I get that fun is part of being as good as we can be. And that is a real thing that we've embraced this year. Yeah, I think for me, I mean, like I'm I'm at this point, I'm willing to like just be full disclosure. Like season three was just so miserable to make. Like it just wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. You're right. And I think it's it's kind of telling that I've seen people say, like, it's nice to see you guys have fun again in this season. And I think after season three. I, I don't know who started. It doesn't matter who, but it was just like, we got this show is stale. We have to freshen it up because it's the same thing over and over. Uh, and, you know, like full disclosure, I think I may have said it maybe to Bill or Ed or someone. I was like, I think, you know, I don't want to abandon you guys, but I think season four, I think that'll be my last one. And I think part of the, the John Peters firing us was kind of my way in my head to write me out. I was like, okay, we get fired. We go to all these places, maybe at the end of the season, 
we uh he hires us back but he only hires three of us back and then you can replace me with someone else um but then it just like the the x-men episode i was like okay this is this was kind of felt like how it used to feel this was kind of fun i was like all right well you know and then each episode just kept being more and more fun and i think it was just like yeah we just I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but last season it was, we were just so in our heads about being the best and being so smart and being better than everybody that it just was a chore. It was not fun. And I, I, I truly from the bottom of my heart, wish we could do some of those ones over again, maybe someday, but it's just like twilight was no fun. Um, Night rider was certainly no fun, mostly because of me. It just wasn't fun. I even think now, like, you know, a part of me wishes we could do matrix again this season, because I feel like we're finally in a place where we're not trying to, you know, outdo or outsmart ourselves you know i think maybe we could do it again now but yeah i think season four has kind of brought me back into it and i definitely think that uh, hopefully you know like just looking at the subscriber numbers like people are more into the season just in general like it is just more fun and the more that we try to be like look how smart we are i think the show sucks and i don't want to do that um, just to address this, Seattle KO over in the comments says, wait, wait, hold on. Billy's leaving? Question mark, no, question mark. I'm, I'm not leaving the show. Uh, I never wanted to leave the show uh, in a way that would have just felt like, what happened? My thought after season three was like, if we do another season three, I can't do that again. Like if, if season four is season three all over again, then I'm, I think I'm, I'm done. But season four so far, I think has been the shot in the arm that this show needs, which is why... Uh, yeah, the season is just bit like I it got to the point where it's just like, oh, we have to record another one of these. Okay, fine, let's do it. And now I'm just like, I can't wait for this week to record the next episode because I think it's going to be so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. I mean, switching up. I mean, if you think about any show that happens and any story that happens, part of what we're doing is sure we're doing a show where we reboot things, but we're also doing a show about us. Uh, mm. And so if if you add in something along that, then it makes it better. So doing a change up is just important. I mean, you know, it's like, it's like supernatural. You guys, Sam and Dean can't be the only guys getting mad at each other over and over again. And then fight. You have to bring in Castiel. You have to bring in Jack. You have to bring in some more interesting characters. Okay. All right. I'm cutting this off. Once we've gotten this deep down the rabbit hole of supernatural references, the question is burnt out. So, (laughs) So like, does that make me the Jim Beaver of this show? Thanks a lot, Ron. I appreciate that. I think it does. I'm so glad I don't know what any of that means. Uh, my God. All right. So I'm going to. And yes, by the way, Renegade Hero, if you're playing the rebooted drinking game, that supernatural reference means down your shot. All yeah. right. I'm going to bring it back. We don't want this to be just totally navel-gazing only about the show. So let's go back to the community tab where Jacqueline asked what I thought was a great question in its simplicity. What is the most interesting place you've ever visited? Guys, travel bug, where's the most interesting place you've ever visited? So two years ago now, uh, this was uh, in August of the uh, before the pandemic, I went to a wedding uh, in the south of France, which was really cool. But what was awesome that I didn't know until we got there was it was at this um, this hotel. Uh, but it was really like old school style. Everything was very, everything in, in the South of France is like very just untouched and, and just really cool. But I found out that that is one of the rumored resting places of the Holy Grail was uh, was the place where uh, they got married. So 
as a obviously as a huge Indiana Jones fan, uh, that was just like such a cool thing to think like I could be standing uh, where the Holy Grail is. That's pretty dope. That's cool. Um, I would say my most interesting place has to be South Africa. I went uh, I went uh, actually on my honeymoon to South Africa. And we did a trip where we started in the Kruger National Forest, which is a safari um, where they have literally, you know, they're not resorts. They're like luxury huts. Um, it's really nice. Don't get me wrong. But it's, it's a weird thing because it's not like, you know, something you'd find in Punta Cana, Mexico. It's like it's pretty rugged. But you start out there. We saw literally every animal on the checklist for an African safari. And you they're just out hanging out. Then went to Cape Town, got all the history of the country, went to Robben Island, saw where Mandela was held, you know, spoke to a lot of local people, had lunch in, a, in one of the um, favelas. The, they have a name for them there, the favelas, South American, but, um, and, or had dinner, rather, in one of the shanty towns. And then went to wine country. I'm a huge wine snob. I love going to wine country. They've got an amazing one down there. You know, it was just for a place that I think was cut off from so much of the world for so long with good reason and a place that has gone through so much political turmoil. You know, it is actually a wonderful, amazing place to visit with a lot to offer. So uh, if you can get down there, South Africa, great trip. That's awesome. Um, hmm. This is a hard question because I've never left the country. I have traveled all over the United States. Uh doing comedy but it's been doing comedy so i'm like seeing the inside of bars and weird places uh, okay arguably i'm gonna say um my girlfriend's mom's house i know that sounds crazy but her backyard looks like a freaking postcard it's got a v of two mountains with like a what they call a slough but it looks like a river running right through it. And it's it's a hundred yards from her backyard. It's beautiful and wonderful. And I would uh, I'd sit and read and then look out there. Uh, and that was uh, wonderful. So I guess maybe that's one of the more cool things that I've been to. I mean, I've also been to a tow truck museum in Montana. That was pretty crazy. <laughs> Super good. Um, I, I, I never go anywhere. I'm me and Ron are minimum wage kids. So yeah. I never got to go anywhere. I, I went to the Bahamas one time and I experienced, uh, being middle-class amongst tremendous poverty. Was that cool? I guess the ocean, looked, <laughs> the ocean was very clear and I kept thinking about Jaws four, but then I'm getting served my ties by like an indentured servant or something. So like that, I, that wasn't cool. Um, then I went to, um, I'm going to go to Skywalker Ranch this year. My girl uh, has a hookup with some damn body. I don't care if it's somebody she used to anyway uh, have a relationship <laughs> with in San Francisco. I don't even ca I don't care. They had a dyad and the force together. Dude, if they, yeah, yep, if they're reaching right across here. the force right now. I don't care if it gets me this, if it gets me over there. Now she, she met him doing uh, like podcasting stuff and stuff, but he's like, he's like a coordinator events sort of coordinator type person at Skywalker ranch. So we're going to get to go and we're going to get to take our nephews with us. Uh, and that, so that's super sick. And I did get to go inside two buildings that I never thought I'd be inside. Uh, CAA, 
which is a huge agent out here. I got to pitch stuff to them and that blew my mind because the whole inside of it is a spaceship and everybody like you're just bump into somebody super famous in the in the elevator or whatever. Oh, that's Bradley Cooper getting a sip of stale water next to the elevators. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just that I never thought I'd do that. And I also got to go to DC Comics about two a year and some change ago now. Uh, went to DC Comics and got to like stand next to offices of people who have like sold millions of comics. Like, uh, I think they say don't say, but I think Jim Lee has an office there, and I think I might have stand stood right next to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just amazing comic book stuff that I never thought would ever happen to me. And then they gave us like giant long boxes to take home. I was like strong guy or the thing walking walking out of there with long boxes on my shoulders that they just gave us. Brilliant rare comics. Just here, here's brilliant rare comics in a candy bowl. You know what I mean? I never thought I would live that type of lifestyle when I came out to California. I thought I was going to be a wage slave until I died. So being able to go to these fresh places, those are the freshest places I've been. What a much better answer than my upper middle class bullshit. Wow, good job. I, <laughs> or the uh, wedding in South France. Thanks a lot, assholes. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> these top, these guys on top of the one percenters <laughs> up there. I did Jesus, not, I, I could have said, yeah, I shot in Stan Lee's office with him, and that was pretty cool. But no, I thought I would do something unique, you piece of shit. Um, I, I have to compensate for having no passport, Billy. <laughs> yeah. I have to compensate. Here's a fun fact for you guys uh, watching at home, because this is all I've watched of the entire series. But if you've watched Jupiter's Legacy, the opening scene... Uh, sorry, not the opening scene with the kids. The opening fight scene takes place in the CAA lobby. So you too can get a sense of what it's like to visit CAA. Is Bradley Cooper drinking stale water in it? Because I feel like that's part of it. <laughs> that's right. Oh, um, all right. Hey, I've Before been to Reno. Go... Renegade Hero says, I'd invite you out here, but there's nothing here in Reno. I've done comedy in Reno, and it was actually fun. So there's I've that. I've been to Reno. Yeah. I've been to Reno. Have I... The nice thing about Reno is you can is you're like an hour's drive away from uh, uh, Lake Tahoe, which is beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I've done comedy there too. Yeah, and if you oh, shoot right. a man, you can watch him die. So that's another thing about, <laughs> about Reno. There you go. You got a great point there. All right, Ed and Ron, did you guys get any questions on your social media when you posted up up there? Up, up there? Anything you Not want one. to uh, address? No one. <laughs> crap. No one. No one. Gave oh. Way to crap. way to pimp them out, Bill. <laughs> I, I'm just asking. We could, he could have just said no. But <laughs> Uh, there, there was a question, like literally in the official, not the live chat, but like in just the comments right mm -hmm. before the episode. I, I like that question. What can can you see that, Billy? Uh, I can't go back that far. Is this the D no? It's just, it's just like the, no? oh, DS9. Yes, the DS9 question. Yes, um, I, I think I've quoted DS9 on here inordinately <laughs> and given people the impression that I'm the biggest DS9 fan ever. I am not. I like it a lot. It's Star Trek. I like all Star Trek. But um, the, my favorite episodes of that are The Visitor, uh, which is about uh, Jake Sisko's son trying to help him out of a space anomaly. And his son like just gets older and older and older and wastes his whole life trying to help his dad get out of a space anomaly. And the, like it, it really t tells you lessons about life and how to think about your existence and how you want to spend your life. Do you want to spend it looking, pat looking back or looking forward? Uh, I like for beyond the far beyond the stars, which is the one where Benjamin Cisco dreams that he's just a writer writing the story of DS nine. I think the episode's excellent. Um, I like the Ferengi episodes about money. Cause I'm about it. I'm a Ferengi at heart. 
Uh, and I like episodes with Garrick doing spy stuff, even though he's a simple tailor. And I like Worf episodes where honor is actually not just some stupid word, like the episode where he gets his honor back and smacks some fools up. I like that episode. And that's about it. That's that's DS9 in a nutshell for me. I don't really go in for the Dominion War. It lasted too long, in my opinion. Uh, you know, I'd rather go trek amongst the stars. I don't want to have a constant battle. You know, so that's it. Those are my favorite DS9 episodes. There you go. Ed, giving the people what they want. Um, I'm going to pop over to the live chat. Anthony Mansano asks, have you guys ever thought of doing a rebooted episode of Harry Potter or maybe do a Harry Potter, the next generation fan cast casting couch? The only reason I want to bring this up is Anthony Manzano, in the era of Me Too, a fan casting <laughs> couch will not be happening. Never. We, are not, we are not those kind of producers. We don't work for Peters anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good uh, It's funny, though, because we've talked about Harry Potter, and I think Harry Potter is so big that it either has to be a season premiere or a season finale like there's just you can't just toss a, a harry potter in the middle of a season but it's definitely on the list i don't know if it'll happen this time around who knows i don't think we've chosen a finale yet but mm -hmm. it'll happen at some point interesting so, might it be this season's finale no we don't know uh, we have uh, no <laughs> all right so let's go back over to the live chat jim jam very easy one but it could spark an interesting discussion favorite movies question mark this is just a good broad one I, i'm gonna say can each of us narrow it down to one like yeah. favorite movie oh i'm getting nods ron you you had a reaction what's yours I, I don't know. That's the problem. Oh. Like, what are we talking about? We talk about favorite comedy, favorite rom-com, uh, favorite, um, you know, martial arts movie. Like, that's the problem is like, I can't name a favorite movie off the top of my head. I will say that if you're asking me what movie I rewatch the most right now, it's Thor Ragnarok. I just throw on Thor Ragnarok when I'm doing stuff all of the time. Uh, it makes me laugh still. And uh, I find it very entertaining. But is it my favorite movie? Probably not. Enter the Dragon, maybe. But even that, it's mostly just because I love Bruce Lee and it's one of my favorite Bruce Lee movies. I don't know. The Matrix, that's a really great movie. That's one of my favorite. Oh, you know what? I'm, another movie I really love? The Wedding Singer. <laughs> so the answer, Bill, is no. He cannot narrow okay. it down. <laughs> got, it. <laughs> got it. But we got some options. Billy, you nodded wow. vigorously. So yeah, I, my favorite movie of all time, and it has been uh, since I saw it uh, many times in the theaters, was Apollo thirteen. I just, oh. I, I think it's. It celebrates to me the best of what humanity can be, which is taking a, a, a disaster uh, and and keeping cool heads and working together to to solve a bigger problem. I think they call it the successful failure, and I absolutely love that because I think that's something that we do a lot. It's like you know, a lot of times in life, you just get handed just these problems, and you can sit there and you can be upset about it, or you can work vigorously with other people and just put it all aside and put it together and it's it's one of the few like historical dramas where when you look it's like 95 percent of the stuff in that movie is uh, is like exactly how it was they changed very very little and there's like one scene where they're like that never happened and i don't know if i believe them that they said that that didn't happen it's the scene <laughs> uh where they argue uh, with each other and Jack Swagger, it's like you guys blame me and all that. So they're like, that never happened. I'm like, mm, I kind of think it did because astronauts back then were very much like 
They were very, you know, they were seen as like modern day superheroes. So I could totally mm-hmm. see them not wanting to. Then again, like all, all that aside, like just the way it was made, like especially at that time, like going up and in, into an airplane and doing like hundreds of zero gravity dives to get those zero gravity shots, and then so many shots you think are zero gravity. It's just they got so good at being able to wobble and wibble and still <laughs> give you amazing performances. Like every time I watch that movie, I think, could this be this 975th time I've seen this movie? Could this be the time like it just doesn't work and they don't get back? And I think that's what makes it so great. That's cool. I love I love that. I did not realize you were such a fan of that movie. That's great. Oh yeah, it's I as a kid, it's funny because that came out the same summer as Batman Forever, which I'd seen like a billion times. And then my parents were like, "Let's go see Apollo 13." I was like, "I don't want to see that. That sounds dumb." And then they took me and I was just absolutely enthralled. I wanted to know everything about space and the space race and all of it. And I saw that movie so many times. It's, it's ridiculous. Wild. Ed, what are you thinking? What's your favorite? There's, there's too many, man. Do, yeah. do, if you have if you have an actual one, that's more interesting than me listing a bunch of dumb movies. Like, do you do you actually have an actual one favorite movie? Like, gun to your head, gun to yeah. your head, gun to your head, Rod. What's you, to start thinking? You got more time with the gun because I'm, I'm aiming it at Bill. Okay, what's <laughs> what's your what's what's your favorite movie? It's the one that's going to make you pull the trigger on me, but it's The Godfather. <laughs> bah, 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 bah. You're like Sonny. You're spinning around with all these bullets. 100%. <laughs> you're going to light me up. And, and that's the thing. It, it's here. Let me just let me just make this. Let me just make this point. The Godfather is the most basic B answer that you could give to this question, but for good reason. Because, you know, number one, I think it goes without saying, I am a huge uh, admirer of craft, and literally. Every department does perfect work on The Godfather. The music, the cinematography, the production design, the costume design, the, the, um, the direction obviously is immaculate. The performances are immaculate. Just even like the sound effects, the way sound is used in that movie. The, it's it's mind-blowing, especially as somebody who produces stuff, that you could get every single person working on your movie to just do perfect work. On top of that, I think that the story is infinitely deep. I think it's way deeper than, you know, 21st century internet critics give it credit for. It is an absolutely devastating exploration of the relationship between family and success and power and how, you know, doing, I mean, even underneath all that, doing the thing that seems right in almost every sense, doing right by your family, you know, protecting your family, you know, achieving your father's dreams for you will turn you into an absolutely disgusting monster. And I think the movie acknowledges that. That's not something you have to go too far to read into it. People have been like, oh, no, the movie glorifies the lifestyle. I'm sorry, you're thinking of the first two acts of most Martin Scorsese gangster movies. The Godfather does not do that. And then on top of that, it's all done by people who are at the beginnings of their careers. That's insane to me. That was the first movie Al Pacino ever made. That was the first major movie that Francis Ford Coppola ever made. Like, it's not like, oh, this is The Irishman where all these people who are giants in the industry got together to make their opus. These are all unproven talents, right? Down to people like the the production designer and the, the composer. It's absolutely insane. So to me, I think The Godfather is everything that cinema does well, done well. 
And I, I you can't hate it for that. So, uh, I have a yeah. very important question, though. Are there any dick jokes on that? <laughs> I don't think there are. <laughs> Maybe one at dinner. I'm trying to think. Guy. I'm trying to think. There's got to be. There has there's to be. There's got to be with Sonny, right? That's what I'm saying. Yes. I mean, there's literally okay, a I'm scene in. where he's zippering up his pants uh, like as he has to go give the best man speech at the wedding or something. Like There is. The Godfather has everything you could want out of a movie. It really does. Well, I, I have, I have, I have, I have three basic B answers. I'll run through them very quickly. Aliens. I judge a movie by if I could just put it on. I could put on Aliens almost any mood I'm in. If I don't want to feel too dour, I might lay off. But overall, I just it's to me it's perfect craft. That's a really great craft movie. I also like Predator for the same reason. I love the fact that they just drop them off in the jungle and they do a bunch of stuff and shoot a bunch of sh shots of Van Damme and mess that up and then shoot some B unit shots. Of, and it just comes together in this beautiful masterpiece. It's, it's freaking crazy. Uh, Malcolm X is a, is a monumental achievement to me, especially just getting it made and having it be made that well. So people can't go, uh, the craft isn't quite good. No, the craft is pretty great throughout that whole movie from the acting to the cinematography and everything. Uh, I also like the Lahane. Lahaine is one of my favorite movies. It's it's a French movie about three kids uh, at the start of a riot who spend the whole day with a gun and experiencing all these different things going through the city. It's just fantastic. And Young Vincent uh, Cassell in that movie. Yeah, Vincent Cassell, Matthew Kasovitz, uh on the, on the ones and twos. I like Jackie Brown. I like Jackie Brown a lot. I put that movie on to just hang oh, out. Yeah. Me and Ordell hang out all the time. Me and Ordell hang out all day watching Jackie Brown. So like, and, and last things last, I like Boogie Nights. It may be problematic now because it's looking at porn, but I feel like it doesn't glorify porn. It doesn't denigrate people who are in it. It treats them as human beings who can go through ups and downs. It's almost like a Busby Berkeley story about a porn person. And I'm a prude. I don't like all that sex jazz. Like in, you know, in my entertainment, it's, it's not necessary for me to like that stuff. But I just found it. It's a craft movie as well. Find a bad department in Boogie Nights. The okay, lighting well, then, is great. The acting that's my is wife's great. favorite movie. Is Boogie it's Nights. Uh, Boogie Nights yeah. is amazing, and and then, and then basic, <laughs> yeah, and the basic B stuff like Jaws. So that that's what the oh last things last Tremors. Watch Tremors, please, <laughs> please watch Tremors. You want the greatest B movie? I'm, we're gonna do a the greatest pod episode. Great, uh, Tremors, greatest. greatest B movie of all time. I'm putting it out there. Okay, okay. Um, well, in that case, I've changed my mind. My favorite movie is now The Craft. <laughs> i can see uh, it i can see it. it it's not it's not i don't know <laughs> i get you know the funny thing is if you'd asked me this like before we started doing this like four or five years ago i would probably just said return of the jedi hmm. i mean it's where there's it, it, look if it's a movie that you love and it gives you all the feels you know yeah we can't we can't say no to that nobody mm -hmm. can tell you no um, I'm going to go back to the chat. Andrew Peters, up a little ways, had a question. Here's my question. When will we get a rebooted Christmas movie? Oh, man, I've tried. I tried really hard to do... Um, oh, this was a couple seasons ago. I remember I tried really hard for one. And it just it didn't happen. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm always down. I'm even down to do... Uh, such a hypocrite i'm down to do the the one story that's been done a billion times there's no new way to do it which is a christmas carol i'd be down to do it just to see if we even could but we talked about that yeah yeah, yeah. i'd be down for that or like the santa claus or even dude rudolph is i know it's Actually, like this untouchable closet it's so 
messed up. Every part of Rudolph is just so we should read Like it's I would love terrible. to just. I would look, love to, to look when you look at the meeting of what Rudolph is mm, right yeah, now. I mean, you go back honestly, and watch it. I would do a reboot it that is like um, Rudolph, Rudolph as Die Hard with instead of shop or something. I just couldn't do that same outcast story or like, oh, we're going to use you for your nose. You, you'll I, see my dude, nose flying away from you, you loser. They don't like him. They don't like him until he's useful. That's what that is literally what the yeah. meaning of Rudolph is. Hey, yeah. if you're a weirdo, it's cool as long as you become useful. But if you're not useful, we don't care about you at all. That mm -hmm. is what Rudolph is about. a lot of people saying jingle all the way. No, it's perfect. We're not touching it. Uh, but <laughs> Rudolph, uh, definitely. That's that's it. Rudolph is so bizarre, too. It's like yeah. they they took the song and there's only so much you can get out of that. But if you expand, like if you dropped acid and expanded it by 45 minutes, like nothing in that movie makes a lick of sense. Santa's awful. Everyone's awful. But it did give us Don Cornelius. Yukon uh, Cornelius. Yukon Cornelius. You know what? I always, and this goes back to the Godfather thing, I always mistake it for the Mad TV parody. <laughs> That was like the God, or it was like the Godfather meets Rudolph, and he was Don Corleone. <laughs> and by the way, if you could find that on YouTube, I'm not going to tell you to click off of this live stream right now, but <laughs> go find it very quickly. It is hysterical. But yeah, the the bummer is obviously we're not going to get to that this season because I don't want to do a Christmas movie in June. But who no. knows? Maybe <laughs> maybe the next one because we tend to wrap up. Our seasons now in like June and December, so maybe season five. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, that seems to be the that seems to be the rule that we're following. All right, well, as we're as we're getting long in the tooth, I will say if you guys asked a great question further up that we did not get to, it's not because it wasn't a great question. We're just moving through this at whatever pace we're moving. So feel free to re ask it. Uh, we do want to end on some good questions. In the meantime, I will go back to uh, the community tab that we posted uh, for all of our followers. And there was one on here that I wanted to get to. Ah, Nevo B. How do you keep the episodes developing organically when I assume Bill already knows what insane demand Peters or whoever it is this season is going to have? Sorry to break everyone's immersion. <laughs> um, I have no idea what this question is referencing. When those call-ins happen, we don't know what the producer is going to say. It, I, I, your, your assumptions are just wrong. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Uh, no, bad joke. All right. So when we do the producer call-ins, it is, you know, one of us doing a voice. Uh, most of the time it's me, but you'll continue to see some, uh, other people step up to the plate this season. Uh, speaking for myself, I never pre-plan those. Um, and one of the only things we end up cutting out of these episodes is me doing things like, boys, what this movie needs is... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, hmm, uh, then, yeah, yeah. it'll be like, ah, hold on, I'll get it, I'll get it, I'll get it. Uh, okay, okay, here we go. And then, and then what you don't know about Bill is Bill is so method that he has to be like, titties, cocaine, uh, uh, shoot your mother in the face. Okay, boys, what we need, like, you have to get the engine revved up again. And sometimes that's the best part of the whole thing. <laughs> that's a uh, that's a technique I learned from voiceover artists is like you have to give yourself certain words or phrases to really get the voice back. 
And that's actually been super useful in doing the producers that I don't really have the voice for this season. And I'm not going to say they've been great impressions because they haven't. <laughs> but the thing that always locks me in is it's like, I'll watch an interview. I'll try to like mimic them as they're doing the interview. And I'll just pick out a certain phrase they say. So I think Martin Scorsese's, you know, it was something like, Bob De Niro and I were having coffee. And when Scorsese says it, it's like, well, Bob De Niro and I were having coffee. Bob, Bob, Bob De Niro. And I, I'll do that, right? I got to get it back. I got to get back when I'm Martin Scorsese, Bob De Niro and I having coffee. Bob <laughs> De Niro and I have coffee. And it's like eventually you get back into the voice and then you can go on from there. It's awesome. Okay. Uh, I think there's a very important question that we got to ask. It's from Andrew Peters. You got to find that one. It's very, very important. It's not a what question, but it's a request. Give us a community challenge to get X number of likes or subscribers. If we meet it, we can get a special bonus pitch. A Jensen Ackles vehicle. <laughs> yes! Okay, I'll just say this. I'll just say this. Um, we have talked about doing essentially an expansion show where we invite the community to send in pitches and then we just critique them. And frankly, if you can't tell by the expression on my face and the tone of my voice, <laughs> I would love to do that show. <laughs> These guys have been a little bit less uh, enthusiastic. For Just the say idea. my name, Bill. It was me. I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to have to be like, no, you suck. And Bill's like, why? Why wouldn't you want that? That's like what I look for. <laughs> Great way to keep our fans. Hey, guys, uh, I know you have ideas. We think they're stupid. <laughs> See, the, the, the art of giving criticism is saying that without saying that. So it's yeah, not yeah, like, yeah, yeah. this is yeah. stupid. It's like, well, this has no structured arc. I don't understand who the main character is. You know, you got to be a little bit more uh, on the ball with your criticism. Yeah, I know when you're, when you're helping, like when I was first for a while, I would try to help people write jokes. And then sometimes it gets to a point where you're like, oh, I can't help this person because they don't understand things. But it's it's sort of like, you're like, no, no, look, your 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 setup has to be close enough to your punchline that it makes sense. <laughs> and then they're like, "What? Yeah. What do you mean? That totally nope, nope, it doesn't." Uh, uh, I'm just putting up some uh, reactions. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Bill in a nutshell. This is probably more like it. The rebooted, <laughs> the roast edition. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true. Everyone says they'd watch it though. I mean, look, maybe we do it. Maybe it is a solo show. Maybe I just get on here and it's you and me one-on-one -on -one about your pitch. <laughs> it would be like Simon Shark Cowell. Tank with Reboot It. It would actually be kind of cool, though. It would be. Uh, right? Dude, uh, you You're know what? you yourself into it. Right? I don't know. It could be, yeah, dude, because I, I could be uh, I'd be Mr. Wonderful and Damon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be with both of them. And I'll then be it's just me on there being like, that? hey, I love it. All right, cool. Dude, if you were on Shark Tank, you'd be the brokest son bitch ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure, take all my money. <laughs> Great idea. Here's, here's $500,000. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Reusable toilet the paper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> back in the live chat, Angie E asks, would you consider rebooting an older movie like from the 40s or the 50s? That's Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yes. Personally, yeah, I I go I go Big Sleep or uh or Maltese Falcon, like I want to go to the forties. Like I would really love to mess with some of that. Even trying to make it come up to this time, like break it up, 
you know, bring it, bring that stuff to this time, but like keep it a little encapsulated in the war stuff. Find some way that that noir crap works. Even do the Blade Runner to it. You know, what's the Maltese Falcon in the future? That's it's the Millennium Falcon, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I love that stuff. Uh, Bill, I want to put up this question because it came up a couple of times. And this is interesting because I don't know the answer to this at all. Mm. Any plans uh, for live tapings as things open back up or are you waiting for the con circuit to return? That's interesting. We did. You know, I, I take full responsibility for, for Batman. We never should have done our first episode together live. I think that was a mistake. I think if we did a live show now... Uh, I think we just know each other and we know the show well enough that I don't think it would go off the rails. I, I really do think that we could do it. And I think it'd be really, uh, it'd be really great. I would love to do it. Um, I, I, I'm only speaking for myself here. I'm fully vaccinated. I know everyone else here uh, is too. I'm just a little nervous. I'm still gun shy about going to some of the bigger things, especially because I have a, a baby who can't be vaccinated and just things are a little different, but I think maybe ask me again next year and I would totally not rule out doing trying it again one more time now that we're a little more stable with ourselves. That's, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. I've got a, mm -hmm. I've got a challenge for all of you out there. Start trying to convince people who are a little bit afraid of vaccines to get vaccinated. And I'm not talking about nutbags, but you, if you have friends who are a little bit nervous, tell them to talk to their doctors, encourage them to do it. Because if we can get up to 80% uh, vaccinated in the in the country, then I'm 100% into doing a live show or just even seeing these people's faces <laughs> in person again. But mm. you know, we've gotta be cautious. It's, it's a thing we should be taking seriously. Literally lives are at risk. And when lives are at risk, you, you have to take it seriously. Yeah, I think um, Suze Vera just asked a question. If we did a small vaccinated only show, my feeling on doing live shows is like you're doing a live show for the intensity of a crowd being there. And one of the things that I'm just I just don't know, I'm not saying yes or no to this, but like, can we create a situation where we can get a big enough crowd and like. Uh, that's not me trying to be snobby about it. I just think that if, you know, if we do a show where 15 or 20 people show up, that could be fun, but I don't know if the show itself would really benefit from being a live show in that case. I feel like if we could get a hundred people in a room, there's a totally different energy that would be worth it. Um, so it's really just a question of if we can put ourselves in that situation. And I'm just not sure if we're there at the moment, but it's something that we certainly have designs on if, and when we get there. I also don't know where, and we should figure this out. I don't know where most of our fan base lives. So I'm not sure which show would be the one to try to like, do we go to like, you know, are they in Texas? Are they in California? Are they here or there? Like I would want to go where most of our fans are like, we know for sure they'll show up because that was the other thing with going to LA comic-con is we kind of booked ourselves into oblivion. And even though we got a better turnout than the thing that was in there before us with a fairly big name person there. It just, it was a little bit lackluster and, and I blame nobody. I, if anyone myself, but I think it like, it may have taken the wind out of our sails a little bit. So I wouldn't want to do it unless we had like a guaranteed home run where well, also we, we were in where they like dock battleships and stuff like that. That room was huge. <laughs> huge. So true. like we filled up the first fourth or so of it. Right. And that would be in a comedy club. They'd be like, oh, money. 
you know, if they saw that crowd. So, yeah, it was just in an aircraft hangar. I think I saw the Ark of the Covenant in the back corner. <laughs> so that's very that's very fair. Um, all right. We're going to wind it down. Anthony Manzano has just been spamming our comments with this. So I'm just going to give him the satisfaction. <laughs> what is your, what is we your don't favorite? negotiate. <laughs> What is your favorite candy to buy at the movie theater? And do you guys prefer buying regular popcorn, kettle corn, or caramel corn? Uh, junior mints and uh, probably kettle corn for me. Raisinets and regular movie theater popcorn. I'm a Reese's peanut butter cups guy. Uh, and I don't eat popcorn because I don't like getting those things stuck in my teeth. It bothers me a lot. And so I don't eat it. And it makes me mad that it gets stuck in my teeth because I do like the taste. So uh, some, if someone can figure out a way to make popcorn not have those little things get into people's teeth, then, yeah, I'm cool. That's literally what popcorn is, man. That's that's the kernels. Like, it pops, <laughs> you get popcorn. How do you Look, undo I, that? I need some science guy to figure out how to how to fix that. That's, Shark that's... tank. Throw them <laughs> throw, <laughs> throw, throw half a mil, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm just straight up a popcorn guy. I, I'm one of those fat asses that's just like, oh, you guys got free refills? Well, give me that some bitch right now. <laughs> I'm like, and then I'm like doing a complicated Rube Goldberg like slash Shiva thing, carrying all the all this popcorn back to my seat. And normally my girlfriend munches on the the extra of it or whatever. But yeah, I gotta have my I gotta have all my popcorn so I could just munch all through the whole thing and okay. just big fatty like that and a and a and a Slurpee. I get the big fat Slurpee mm. at the at the down at the local theater I go to. So like yeah, that that's my go to jazz. Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay, guys. Well, I am gonna actually bring up the last question of the day. It comes oh. on our community tab from Suze Vera. What's the update on merch? In addition to mumbo gumbo art, can we look forward to a do crew doodle with a highly quotable tagline from Billy? Uh. I don't know if we look forward to that, but merch is coming. And not only is merch coming, we promised or at least intimated that there'd be some sort of an announcement here. We are going to put up a poll right now in the description of this episode. And I think actually Billy might drop it into the live chat. Yeah, let me do and that right now. We are asking you guys to vote from a long list because we could not come up with our favorites. So we want to know yours of potential merch designs. So it's everything from just a straight rebooted logo to some really bonkers stuff that is made for the diehard fans. Um, you can choose up to four options. We want to get a sense of like, look, if we're going to invest the time and the effort into making this stuff for you guys to buy, we want to make sure that you're interested in buying it. So let's see what you guys are most interested in buying. Jump on there. Jump on that link. Uh, if it's not already in the new comments, which I think it is, there it is. Um, it will be in the description for the episode coming out of this live chat, and it will be posted on all of our social media sites, and it will be posted in the community tab, which I've been pimping all, all episode. Mm -hmm. So get on there and vote because we came up with some really bonkers ideas. If you want to give us your own bonkers idea, you could do it on there, but we think you'll be happy with the selections. Guys, do you have any favorites that we're, we're just waiting to see turned into merch? Oh man, I, I I definitely would buy uh, a DJ Qualls uh, shirt <laughs> should it be available. Yes, thank you, Richie. You're not here right now, but you should be, and we appreciate that hilarious comment. It made everything better. 
Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of uh, as the progenitor of Mumbo Gumbo, even though that was briefly in in dispute. Uh, no, uh, I, I like that, but I also like the the drinking game. I love the fact that we have that many catchphrases <laughs> that that we say. I know, every episode, I'm so and they're bummed. not conscious. They're not. Conscious. I don't have catchphrases. I don't. <laughs> I'm not as predictable as you three freaking <laughs> attention whores. I'm not throwing out the same cliches so people hold up signs every episode. I need to get on that. Maybe I need to get out of here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I would get out of here. Try to happen. It's not going to happen. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. What can I do? I'll take DJ Qualls. I think that's a fun one. (laughs) I mean, obviously I am on board for keep calm and cast Tom Holland. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I would not be doing my, my job. I also really like the official rebooted drinking game one. That's a a really great idea as well. Both of those are, are super fun. I will say this. We have a design for Keep Calm and Cast Tom Holland, which is obviously based on the classic Britishism, Keep Calm and Carry On. We posted it up on the community tab probably two seasons ago now and asked if people would buy that shirt. And everyone's like, we'd love to buy a shirt from you guys, just not this. (laughs) So there was kind of a, I don't know, prove those commenters wrong if you love the Keep Calm and Cast Tom Holland idea. Oh, I want I want to acknowledge this thing from uh, uh, Nevo B. Billy, show us your T-shirt. Everyone, let us take a moment to acknowledge right. Billy's T-shirt game. This I think is, that's true. This is um, Lon Harris. Uh, nice. This was back in the day when uh, movie fights was still a thing, and I was going up against Lon, and I wanted to get into his head, so I found this uh, this photo of him on his Facebook and turned it into a T-shirt for myself that I wore on the episode and lost. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and just before before we all the way wrap up, I just want to uh, just thank everybody who's already started listening to the greatest pod. It means a lot, yeah. you know, uh, and it is an extension of our community, like a sub community of the community. I just want to thank everybody for doing that. And if you like what we do, there's going to be more and more there and more and more content on both the Patreon and the regular feed. So please uh, please enjoy that. Those of you who want to hear those type of things that can't be encapsulated in this show. Hey, and here's something I've never said. Follow me on Twitter for like, for, for heck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Good catch, Ron. That was great. You like mm-hmm. that? Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that was, that was excellent. I'm, I'm at dorky swallow. Who else would I be? Uh, well, you might be Don Spitz. So there's that. <laughs> I got that hat somewhere. Um, listen, uh, maybe <laughs> he yanked it out of the other universe. This wow! Put the Stargate back. We don't want it anymore. <laughs> oh, I, you know what? I'm I'm gonna. I said that that was our last question, but I'm gonna just go to Jim Jam and for Billy Business. And the next hot takes is when Jim Jam asks. Uh, it's this coming either Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, it'll be the entire Die Hard series. Uh, and there's only about three episodes left, guys. It's the thing is, I've got to a point now where it's just like it's. I think people think I don't care anymore. Opposite, I care so much that I know that there's like three or four that I really want to do, and three or four people that I really uh, want to do them with. And to quote Hamilton, I'm willing to wait for it. So I'm sorry if it's not every week. But at this point, like, I'm just going to wait until I can get the, the, the right person at the right time. And that's when we'll do it. So three or four left. And then, uh, yeah, you'll just have to come back to reboot it to find me. 
There you go. Well, just because this is the AMA, I'll just throw this out there, put myself on the spot. You did ask me to do an episode this season, and I turned you, you down. Bullshit. You asked me last year if you could do this episode. I no, come right. to you now and say, let's do it. And you're like, nah, I don't want to be an instigator. Like, blow me. That's all you do. That's all you want. <laughs> no, so, no, no, no. What is the episode? Let, let me clarify. Okay, let me clarify. <laughs> The episode is Zack Snyder's Watchmen, right? And so Billy texts me and we do, we have a little back and forth and like, you know, you know, I am here to poke the Zack Snyder fandom. That's I'm all about that all day, every day. What I wasn't expecting is for you, Billy, to have the opinion that like, no, I think the movie's pretty good, possibly even better than the book. And I was like, I'm pause. Sorry, Time out. That is not what I said. I said that is Snyder's best film. And I said there are parts that I think actually work better than the book. Not uh, that it's better than the book. My actual opinion was I don't think Watchmen's all that fantastic of a book. So Oh, that was it then. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And so so all I came away from that conversation from was I like Billy too much to start <laughs> to start the fight. That will be started because that that would end up being a very uncomfortable episode if you're going to try to come at me with, I don't think Watchmen is that great. It would get uncomfortable, and I didn't want to do that with you. I just didn't. All right. I well, would there, love to, there it to is. hear it. That's uh, that's why that never happened. Uh, I think I that's was shocked. Sure. I, think I, that's I, I was shocked. I, I just thought like, getting in there and taping up your wrists and getting ready Liam Neeson style was like what you did. So to, to have the restraint, I was like, all right, I guess we're just not doing it. I guess, I guess, <laughs> I guess not. Listen, I'm still open if, if we can do another episode, but uh, yeah, that one I feel like is going to be too, it's going to be too fiery. Listen, I, I mean, know when I can be a toxic <laughs> fan and when we're talking about, you know, vintage Alan Moore, I'm a toxic fan, baby. Yeah, you might yeah. as well have me on to talk about how <laughs> Knight Rider sucks. <laughs> My car is better than Knight Rider. Prove me wrong. <laughs> you might as well do that. Oh, and people wonder, why are you ending the show? Well, here we, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> here we are. All right. Well, that ha this has been super fun. Um as usual, we love hearing the questions, even the, the more whacked out ones. Love getting to know you guys a little bit better and letting you get to know us a little bit better. Any last thoughts? Definitely um, subscribe to the brand new Greatest Pod. Go check out the Greatest Pod Patreon at patreon.com slash thegreatestpod. Definitely subscribe for the finale season of Hot Takes with Billy Business. There are some absolute banger episodes coming out, even if Watchmen's not one of them. Um and keep coming back here because we have got an absolute uh, <laughs> nonsense fest planned for the back half of season two, <laughs> starting starting with next week's episode, which is one of the most bizarre producer mashups we could possibly put together. But I, for one, am super excited about the property, and we're not going to spoil it right now. But anything it's else? It's going to be a hell of a show. That's oh, all. Hell of a say. show. Hell it of a is, show. It is. It is. You might yeah. need to wear your cape. Um, all right. <laughs> Anything else? Hey, just the tell everybody you like how much you like us. Make this channel blow up even bigger than it's already starting to. 
get all of our videos to the X-Men number. Get everything as high as you can. I know you guys love us. We love you just as much, and we appreciate your support. So get out there and sing the praises, and we will keep delivering great reboots and being ourselves. 100%. That's what I would have told Andrew way back at the beginning of, like, what can I do for the community? It's like we need you guys like you guys found us you are the founding group you got here first you planted your flag now we need to start recruiting more to the ranks we are only four people we have limited reach but with all of us combined i think we can get more people to to come on board so it's like you know if if this is something you want more of you want this to get bigger more cool things like the merch more cool things like you know the the streaming season and all that other fun stuff like we we do need the eyeballs we do need to see subscribers growing and and all that so we know that this is kind of you know we're headed in the right direction so we need your help like this is us asking help us obi-wan you're our only hope we need your help to get the word out there to make sure that you are subscribed that your notifications are on that you're getting everyone that you can like we're just flat out just asking like we need your help and and we appreciate everything you've done so far yep and just just a just a yes and that just really quickly all what billy said and it's about we're trying to do something I think is pretty important, which has changed the, a little bit of the culture of YouTube. This is a long form entertainment. We're not 10 minutes of snarky dudes going, this is how you fix it. Blah, 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 I'm edited to death. That's not what we're doing. We're letting you see some of the warts. We're letting you see some of the process. And you know, that's some of the most interesting stuff. So please allow us some of the, the you know, get, get us up subscriber wise so we can keep doing a different form of entertainment on YouTube. And maybe just maybe more and more people will be like you with the patience to look at us, make something right before your eyes and, and appreciate how cool that is. I'd love it if you could like help us get spread that word. Okay. Enough said. Thank you for joining us for the mid-season AMA. We are back to our old tricks next week. Be there. And for Billy Business, Ron Swallow, and Ed Greer, I am Producer Bill. We will see you next time. Hey, guys. This is Ron. If you want to check out what we are currently doing, all you have to do is go to the Rebooted channel on YouTube, and you can see our sweet faces talking about this stuff. We've got a new Tee Public store for you to get all of the cool shirts that you could possibly want. The mumbo gumbo, the pop art reboot crew, the classic logo, and then of course, the rebooted drinking game, which has Jensen Ackles and DJ Qualls, among other fan favorite comments. So do yourself a favor, go to tpublic.com slash user slash reboot dash it and pick up your favorite t-shirt. So thanks for listening and thanks for supporting. Reboot it.